All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. We're at one of our regular hangs, the Trails Golf Club, but also for a reason beyond me just trying to sneak in nine even on this crazy day. <laughs> it's the Norman Board of Realtors annual golf tournament. Um, and Dr. Nick Miliarino joins us. First of all, Dr. Nick, I hate that you and I only get to talk maybe a couple times a year, but it's great to see you. It's great seeing you. Um, congratulations. I, you and Josh are like boys. I right? mean, you guys are like, I have done everything together, and I feel like I'm just interrupting two friends talk about the uh, excellence it, it, celebration yeah. you have. Yeah, the celebration of excellence. Uh, great. Dr. Bradshaw, our new uh, teacher of the year. You know, um, just uh, – more than anything, though, it's great to get all the teachers together and just celebrate what is good about Norman Public Schools, and that's our staff, our teachers. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so, I, I, curi- curiously, for the, and again, now we're on in Tulsa, we're on in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, we're on in the Panhandle, well, worldwide, right. as you yeah, reminded yeah, me, yeah, yeah, NormanSports.tv, yeah. but online at sportstalk1400.com. Do you get the sense that maybe with the unfortunate uh, pandemic and kids being home a little bit more than maybe they were during the fall and a lot of virtual learning. I know I fall into this category where maybe the role of the teacher has been respected and admired even more as, as challenging as things were, it's still something that came out of it was these teachers are, they're the true, they're the true heroes in a lot of ways for our kids. Absolutely. I think if you ask any parent who got to experience uh, online learning or remote <laughs> learning at home and, and got to navigate their child through learning, uh, oh. what that looks like at 20 to 30 kiddos, uh, you know, the most critical audience ever sitting in front of you, changing every hour on the hour. Um, complete respect out to all teachers and, and obviously the parents who did it. But, yeah, the teaching profession, um, I think it just affirmed how important it is to the success of just our community, our world. It's awesome. And you do an incredible job. So take me through what this event means to you and how it truly helps out Norman Public Schools. Yeah, absolutely. You know, annually it's it's a great gift to Norman Public Schools, but honestly, man, it, it is a, a gift to the Norman community because uh, what we do with the dollars helps the people in our community. And, and you know, the, the money is great, but just being able to go to families when they're in need and not have to go find some other entity to help them, just saying, hey, what do you need? Right. We got you. And it's all, you know, because of the support of our partners, especially Norman, the, the Realty Group. I mean, just their donation every year is uh, truly awesome. They're all in one place right now, too. Yeah. I mean, you walk in there, and you can learn a lot about uh, your home's value and oh escrow gosh. and all kinds of things if you wanted to right and, now. And they might try to hit you up on selling your home. I don't know. But this hey, is the most crowded I've ever seen this place. Well, it's great. And, and usually, you so you come out here, and you're like the official starter. You have always been yeah. the guy who launches this. What have they told you? Are you guys going to play today? Well, they're going to play today. I've said, you know, hit it down the fairway, try to catch the stream, um, and see if you can get your ball closer to the greens. But, um, you know, a lot more water traps out there, I'll tell you that, just looking out <laughs> over it right now. it's uh, Yeah, good luck. The ball will stick. I, I got you. The ball will stick. You're not going to have to worry about uh, the ball rolling off the green on yeah, you today yeah. unless you skull one. Um, hey, listen, so – they put this event on the Norman Board of Realtors to give back. What is right now, Dr. Nick, some of the great needs that you need for Norman Public Schools? Well, I mean, needs are everywhere, obviously. Uh, but, you know, talking specifically about this, you know, the, the pandemic, you mentioned that earlier. It's created issues like we've never seen before. But also we have all the same issues. You know, we have kiddos who their, their families are struggling for uh, different reasons. We have kiddos who are going through health issues and families who can't support them. And, you know, one of the gifts, uh, one way we use this gift – Last year, we had a, a, a 
parent, trying to not put anything out there too much, but a parent whose child was being treated in the hospital for a life, I mean, a really severe illness. And uh, this, this parent had no dollars to get up there back, you know, transportation back and forth, wasn't able to feed themselves when they were up there staying at the hospital. This donation, this gift gave us the ability without question just to take care of their travel and their food while at the hospital supporting their child. Wow, that's amazing. Um, how special is it for you to have groups like the, the Norman Board of Realtors and many others that do care about the community and care about school? Right, absolutely. And I've said this, anytime I have an opportunity to, to get on any kind of stage and say this, Norman Public Schools would not be Norman Public Schools, would not be the best school in the world, best public school in the world. You said we're worldwide reach, right? That's right. Best public school in the world without this community, without the uh, partnerships uh, like this one. Okay, so I'm off the board here a little bit. I had a chance this year to do some women's basketball games, and I was around Kelby Washington mm-hmm. and her family. Uh, now, I know Pops is, is wrestling coach and more, but Kelby is a great example of a Norman public school student that went on and has done incredible things. How cool is it when you see someone like that who was in your school system really excel in their in their next endeavor no it's incredible and don't forget her mom works for us that's right that's yes, right assistant director of special that. services christy would sorry. be all over so she heard sorry, it. christy yeah I, i've known kelby ever since she was little she was two years younger than my son and she would come practice with his basketball team and whip all the boys <laughs> up and down the floor so we knew something was really special there but no it is great you know you talk about kelby you talk about a trey you talk yeah. about a jordan evans you talk about a charlie kolar who just got just recruited you, yep. oh my and that's just the athletic side of things that the fantastic things we're doing in the arts our kids going on to just you know nyc and other places in the arts it's just um it's just an incredible place you know we're the hub of everything norman public schools produces great things yeah it, it really does it's been uh, uh, i don't want to say an eye-opener because i i, I don't want to minimize it it's just been really cool my grandpa was an educator i think i tell you this every time he grew he would be so mad that I, well i mean he saw that i was in sports and not school but he would always you know he would always talk about the importance of that connection that you have to make to not just the kids, but to the community. And Dr. Nick, you lead by example, because you're out in the community. It's important then when you see that community that gives back too, isn't it? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you nailed it. You were actually in school probably because of sports. That's right. And, and you know, the kids have to have that connection. And for us to be able to serve kids, it takes the community. It takes all. Uh Oh, uh oh! It's it, are they getting ready to make an announcement? I, I don't know. I heard a buzz. You might be getting paged right now. Yeah, you better watch out. They're going to come get out. you. Yeah. But that connection is important. No, isn't connection it? is is incredibly important. And once again, it, it takes that because you know obviously public schools don't get funded at, at the highest level from right. the state or even from the federal government. So it takes that local connection for us to provide to the students one what the community expects and what we know they deserve. Mm-hmm. And going back to our teachers as well, you know we have our foundation that does incredible things for our teachers in the classroom too. Um, specifically, I do want to one more time because we're out here for the Norman Board of Realtors. Mm-hmm. How did this all start? How did that connection start with him? It, it, it oh. predates us. Oh, it predates it? me, Dr. Really? Joe. We'd have to wow. pull him on here and, and see. You know, he, he's older than Dirk, <laughs> but uh, I hope he's listening. But uh, he, before time, no, it, it started quite a while back. And, you know, uh, my tenure in Norman Public School, I, I started in 94, but. Uh, you know, as, as long as I can remember, this has been been uh, an incredible asset to Norman Public Schools. Once again, just to those the, that one story I shared mm-hmm. and, and the many others, you know, whether it's clothes or, or food families need, um, it's been there and it's been there for us with no strings attached, which is key. So you, key. Know, you get a lot of partnerships. You know, we want this. We want that. We need this. We want our name on this. 
here's the money, help kids. That's the message, and that's what we do with it. You're awesome, Dr. Nick. What, uh, what's going on? I mean, what else is on tap for this summer Ooh. for you? Busy? Well, well, well spring. We still have so, spring championships. Well, we got to finish. we got all the championships going. We know softball, track, you know, all the spring sports. We've got our, you know, fine arts wrapping up. October, I mean, not October. That's the start of I'm already You're already ahead of yourself. Yeah, you, we got graduations <laughs> coming up at the end of the year, our commencement ceremonies, our seniors, class of 22. Uh, you and I both have a senior in this class. I don't think I'm – I don't think I'm emotionally ready for uh, this. Yeah. Have you had one before? Is this no, your first one? This yeah. This is my first. I'm on number two, and, uh, you know, you need to find that little uh, uh, small room in your house where you can go cry and shed that tear because it, uh, it is emotional. He, you see your babies grow up. We, we uh, Here, I'll, I'll show you. I'm sure you can appreciate this. Nothing like pulling out my phone to uh, show someone something. On the radio. Hope everybody yeah, uh, can see it. I, I hope everyone can. <laughs> so this, this came out yesterday. His graduate announcement. Oh yeah! So as soon as that popped up, I was like, "Oh my god! Oh my gosh! This is really happening." So you know, he's a he's a good kid. Um, but you're right. I'm gonna need some time. I'm gonna have to go find a place to to let it all. Where where are you guys doing the ceremony? Are you gonna do it at the stadium? We're going at Lloyd stadium? Noble. Oh, going nice. back okay. to Lloyd Noble and uh, gonna reconfigure that. Really appreciate the University of Oklahoma opening up for us and. Uh, also a great partner, but, yeah, looking forward to it. Isn't it great? I mean, listen, we are still very conscious of the need to, you know, social distance and mask in certain situations. But, Dr. Nick, for you, isn't it nice to have kind of some sense of normalcy back and the protection for the teachers? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You feel that sense of calm coming back over everyone. Because, you know, we were in a situation where 50, it was 50-50 on what people wanted to do, and, and we tried to provide every opportunity, but that sense of calm – for the teachers, but also I focus back on the kids and the right. families. That's who we serve each and every day. We all work to serve the, those families and, and kiddos. But, yeah, being able to go through the school, seeing the teachers, doing what they love, seeing those kids, you know, eyeballs light up, and actually everybody's seeing each other's mouths move. So nice. Uh, it's really nice, yeah. You're the man. Thank you, Dr. Nick. I appreciate it. Appreciate you. It. Appreciate the Norman Board of Realtors. Got to say it. Yeah. Um, helping kids every single day. Thank you. You're the man. Dr. Nick Miliorino with Norman Public Schools. We appreciate your time, man. Awesome. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back to the trails, we got some um, interesting and, and sad breaking news from the world of college softball. And you'll hear from Lindsey Elam and Coach Gasso from yesterday's post game coming up next right here on The Ref. Can I, can I just say this as an overriding thought? Dr. Nick is awesome, isn't he? You work with him a lot, Josh. What a great dude. Yeah, no, he's, he's as good as it gets. And I got to tell you, his uh, daughter is a rock star in really? volleyball. Yeah, they almost won the uh, state championship. Huh. They should have won the state championship, but you know what? Jinx pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah, they were. Uh, looks like the rain is trying to let up today. We'll see. We're at the Trails Golf Club for the annual Norman Realtors Association Golf Tournament. And a couple of things here. Number one, we're an hour and 15 minutes into the show, and we haven't talked about the draft and where the Oklahoma guys ended up. And we also haven't uh, talked about softball too much from over the weekend. So I'll leave it up to you, Josh. Would you rather get a little Patty Gasso post game, or would you rather talk a bit about what we learned in the National Football League's player selection draft? Tough choice. Let's talk some. Or let me add a third option. Okay. True Sooner's been hanging in there. 
Do you want to talk to True? <laughs> yeah, yeah. let's get True in real quick, and then I want to talk some draft. Okay, all right, sounds good. Uh, we'll save Coach Gasso until right at 1035. Softball fans, 1035, Patty Gasso, 11 a.m., Lindsey Elam from postgame. What's going on, True Sooner? How are you on this Monday? How's it going, Blake? I'm doing good, hey. man. How are you? Good. So it stopped raining over here, and the sun's out in Yukon, so it's heading your way. Beautiful. Um, but I, but I was going to tell you, I, you know, when, when Josh answered a minute ago, I, I asked him, I said, do you know what comes after a, a, a cat? You know, what's next? He what's got that? real nervous. He got real nervous and started, like, stuttering and stuff. And I said, a litter box? What are you talking about? <laughs> so I don't I don't. You do have a litter box, was, right, Josh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That was that was a must-buy. That was right, a quick just purchase. Sure. Just want to make sure. I think, he was think, I think he was thinking something else. But anyway. So you were talking about don't bring me any animals in my family. My daughter, my daughter called my uh, wife a few years ago. My wife's a nurse and she's busy during the day, and she just basically says, well, "Yeah, whatever." And she called my wife a few uh, when she was, you know, seventeen or eighteen, or and was younger than that. I guess she was sixteen or seventeen. And asked her if she could have a goat. And my wife said, "Whatever, you know." And uh, she put a goat in the back seat of her car and named this goat June Carter and brought the goat home and and we. You know, we had to tell her in the city you can't have goats in the city. Huh? Uh, I've heard though. I've so heard was, though they're good to have. I heard they like keep your grass and nice. mow the grass. Yeah, and mow the grass. Yeah. Oh, oh. So my don't question get, for you: Don't give my you, family any ideas. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Josh, you know, I know Josh is going to make fun of us here, but and, and I didn't follow the draft that closely just because we didn't have any guys taken until what Saturday? Yeah, third round. Uh, so, so what was your what was your you know, in a nutshell? Do you get any impression at all off the Raiders on what they got? No, I have no idea. Um, it was yeah. a different philosophy, <laughs> and and I spent. I was I was telling Josh Saturday. Saturday we got done with we got done with our game, and I literally there was no plans. There, they were doing something for the seniors, so we were kind of on our own. And me being the hermit and introvert that I am. I sat in my room and I read everything about the Raiders draft and the NFL draft and where the Sooners right. went. And I and I have no read except, and I don't know, Josh, how you feel about this, but Dave Ziegler, the new general manager, and Josh McDaniel claim that they just went with the best player available on their board when they picked in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. And in doing so, they ended up with two running backs, two defensive mm. tackles, uh, I think three offensive linemen that they ended up with. I know everyone likes the Parham pick, the kid out of out of Memphis, right. and there's some thoughts that right. he might be their starting center next year. So you know, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know what to make of it. I mean, obviously this draft is all about Devontae Adams, but I also think this draft for the Raiders was about their undrafted free agents too, and I really like the kid they went and got at Arizona State, the linebacker. I like the receiver that they brought in. Uh, as an undrafted free agent. So, you know, I don't know much about the moves that they made in general uh, on draft day, but I do like some of the moves that they made in in the UDFA world. So, so getting two running backs, that's, that's not a, uh, a precursor to what could be coming down the road with Jacobs or anything, right? Oh, absolutely. It is, dude. He's done. Is it really? Um, Unless, yeah. Unless he has a massive year. And by massive, okay. I mean massive. If you follow Ziegler and McDaniels historically, and yes, I know, I know that 
um, they're away from they're away from uh, Belichick now, so it's a different world. But I just I I think that in a guy like Zamir White, I think in uh, Britton Brown, I think these are two guys that will have an opportunity to carry the ball a lot, and I don't think they're going to invest in running backs. Okay. Well, I, I think we should start having – and I, I totally back this up 100%. I, I'll help you get some sponsorship, but I think we should have like a Raider hour every day. I think I think Josh would enjoy that. Oh, he'd be a fan of it. Thanks, True. I appreciate you. All right, see you guys. Man. All right. Yeah, the Raiders, a very confusing draft, but – Listen, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend like I'm, I'm able to give you the inside scoop on Dylan Parham or Neil Farrell Jr. or what Matthew Butler can do at the NFL. I know they signed like seven defensive tackles this off season and drafted two of them. So I hope that they find a way to move some of those dudes to edge rusher. What do you think of what Kansas City did over the weekend? I really liked it. I thought they had a great draft. Yeah, I, I liked it too. I liked McDuffie, obviously, uh, to start, I thought was good for Kansas City. I'm trying to think here. Who uh, who did they take? Uh, Carl Laftis out of Purdue. Loved that. Thought that was a pretty good pick. Obviously, uh, Sky Moore, they, we kind of thought probably they were going to go wide receiver at some point early, and they did that. What else Love did Sky Kansas Moore City by, did? Sky, Sky Moore, by the way, was my uh, like one of my top five receivers. I love the Leo Chanel pick, the linebacker out of Wisconsin. Yeah, I don't know um, much about him, but obviously Wisconsin defender. I mean, not hey, bad. Here, here's the other thing that you got. I think you got an offensive line starter in the fifth round. I think Darian Kennard. Yeah, I think Kennard's going to be a starter on your offensive line eventually. Now, they're going to pay Orlando Brown. Why am I blanking on your right tackle right now? I'll think of it probably tomorrow. The TCU but, kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they're gonna pay. They're gonna pay Orlando Brown, but I think in Kennard they've got a guy that is ready to go. Lucas Yang. That's who I was thinking of. Uh, and who knows? They might move Kennard inside. I mean, Trey Smith started what Josh every game last year, and he was a sixth round pick. So I love, I loved, love that pick of Kennard. I was hoping he'd go to Vegas. But I like that. Here's, Brian Cook, you like? Uh, Brian Cook is one of those guys that, honestly, um, I was shocked to see that he was still on the board as late as he was. He's he, The thought is that officially closed the door on Tyron Matthew, and now people are saying Matthew is on his way to New Orleans. But I like to pick a lot. You know, I, I felt like in my three guarantees I did okay. I guarantee that Kayvon Thibodeau would not fall past draft pick number five. Where'd he go? Number five. My other guarantee was that Kansas City would move up to get a receiver. They moved up, but they got a cornerback, which I think made you very happy, right? Yeah, I wound up being pretty pleased with it. They needed to address their secondary. Kansas City did. They probably needed some defensive line help as well, which they got with Karlaftis. But uh, McDuffie, a lot of people really like. The, the only thing that, you know, I, I wish he was a little bit taller or longer, yep. but, you know, it kind of is what it is. I mean, good cover corner. Uh, I like that they got both Cook and Josh Williams. So, I mean, they, they really they, – they went heavy trying to improve their secondary in this draft. But, you know, they, they – they, uh, who's the kid that they went and got from, from Houston? Justin Reed. Yeah. So, I mean, they've really – 
they've done some retooling back there. It was wild because I kind of found myself very nervous if like a Jamison Williams ended up in Kansas City. And when he didn't go to him, I was like, yes. And then I was like, gosh, I hope a Chris Olave doesn't go to Kansas City. And then he went to New Orleans. Like, yes. And then I saw him end up upgrading everything in their secondary. And I was like, no, no. Where's that dude that sucks that's been your safety for year after year after year? I guess he's gone now, right? Ugh. Anyway, Kansas City got better this weekend. Seattle got better this weekend. Um, I really like what the Texans did in the draft, Josh. Really like what the Texans did in the draft. And I've said it once. I'll say it a thousand times. I will never, ever, ever, ever understand trading a premier talent in the prime of their career for a draft pick. Never makes sense. Never will make sense to me. The A.J. Brown deal has got to be one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. And I get it. I had, Oh, they weren't going to pay him. And you can have all your Titan homers tell me how great it is. But Mike Vrabel, who? Mike Vrabel literally said last week, Josh, that A.J. Brown would not be traded as long as he's the head coach. Well, okay. So now we're going to high-five and act like it was a great move, right? And then my third guarantee was that a quarterback would go in an unexpected place. And I consider that a win because, I mean, a quarterback didn't go at all. So that, to me, was unexpected, <laughs> essentially after Kenny Pickett. Hey, one more um, one more quick thought because I am trying to take a victory lap here on my mock draft. Um, I did – pick Malik Willis going to Tennessee. Do I get credit for that even though it happened in the third round instead of the first round like I projected it, Josh? Do I still get credit? Partial credit. I will award partial credit. <laughs> Clearly they went trailing Burks in the first round. That's a uh, gosh, I mean for Tennessee to get Malik Willis, I think in the third round is a big time steal for them. I think he's the best quarterback. When we look back, he'll be the best quarterback of this draft. I think he's got the highest upside. I think Seattle made a grave mistake not taking Malik Willis in the second round with their pair of picks there. And uh, Tennessee's you know, going to wind up being the, uh, the big victor here. Do, do you get the sense, though, that something's up? Do you get the sense that something's up with Seattle? That maybe they're, they're looking around? I think they're trying to tank is what I think. Oh, do you? And maybe thinking about C.J. Stroud or yeah. Bryce Young? Mm-hmm. Okay, I can live with that. Uh, all right, here's where the Sooners went. Nick Benito went in the second round, 64th pick overall. Brian Asamoah went with the second pick in the third round, 66th overall. I had projected, let me see here. I had projected Benito with the 53rd pick overall and Asamoah with the 61st pick overall not bad um the rest since i can get back to trying to pat myself on the back perry on winfrey's fall was a little surprising to me but the more i thought about it not not really too much there's there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered about perry on 
Um, Delarian Turner Yellow, I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't know if he would get drafted. And he ends up going in the fifth round to the Denver Broncos. By the way, Asamoah went in the second round to the Vikings. Benito, or in the third round to the Vikings with a second pick. Benito in the second round, uh, 64th pick overall to the Broncos. Winfrey to the Browns in the fourth round with the third pick of the fourth round. DeLaren Turner Yell went in the fifth round with the ninth pick overall in the fifth round. Mike Woods went in the sixth round. DeLaren Turner Yell to the Broncos. Mike Woods to the Browns. Isaiah Thomas went in the seventh round to the Browns. And Marquise Hayes went in the seventh round to the Cardinals. Kennedy Brooks was invited as an undrafted free agent to Eagles camp. And Tyrese Robinson as an undrafted free agent is, oh gosh, I just had, with the Washington Commanders. Am I leaving anyone out? Gabe Burkich. I haven't seen anything on Gabe. Someone had asked about him. But, let's see, I I haven't seen anything on Burkich quite yet. But, more than anything else, you, I think some guys went about where we expected them to go. Jeremiah Hall, undrafted free agent to the Giants. LaRon uh, Stokes went to the Cardinals. Um, Burkett is still unsigned. So I mean, listen, kickers, he'll he'll get an opportunity, he'll get a he'll get an, an invite to a camp somewhere to get a chance. But there's an update on where all the Sooners went in the draft this weekend. We'll go a little bit more in depth. Plus, you'll hear from a few of the guys coming up in just a bit. All right, hey, when we come back, there is big news in Lubbock involving college softball, a massive change as Sammy Ward and her entire staff have been fired. Their director of operations is the head coach now for Texas Tech softball. So we'll take a break. We'll tell you what happened, or at least try to make sense of it. And then just, again, sad news out of James Madison, where the Dukes, after making a World Series run last year, um, and, and, I mean, nearly clinching his spot in the championship series, the James Madison Dukes have decided they will not play again this season after the tragic loss of Lauren Burnett. We'll hear from Patty Gasso next on The Plank Show. Welcome back into The Plank Show. All right, um, it's 1038. I promised my post game with Patty Gasso from yesterday after Oklahoma beat Kansas. Coach, how did you feel about the way this team played on a – did I say Saturday? On a Sunday. Um, again – we started off a little bit slow, and we got big hitters top of the lineup. So our first inning was just kind of like a, a bad firecracker, just kind of <laughs> dud. <laughs> After that, um, we started hitting the ball hard. I credit Kansas. They played really outstanding defense. So we were hitting shots and making big plays, kind of creating their own momentum. We got to throw three pitchers today, and I thought it was fantastic that we were able to go with all of them and go a full seven, that was important for us to feel. Um, Elam was clutch tonight or today. Tiare swinging the bat well. Um, great defense. I just, again, I think we're still playing very good softball. You mentioned the defense from Kansas, and you talked about that on Friday. We hit the ball hard, and they just made some big plays early on. How do you keep the, 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 the girls from not getting frustrated? I think you just got to remember about not about outcomes. I mean, what can, you hit the ball. You absolutely blistered the ball. She makes a good catch. Why is that your fault? Why are you upset over that? 
Ball hit up the middle, turns into a double play. She made a diving catch. Why is that our fault? It's not. So as long as we're hitting the ball hard and they understand this isn't about outcomes, but just kind of uh, how we're working, what we're trying to accomplish, then we're in the right mind space. We're going to talk to Lindsay here in a second, but it was kind of cool to see the offense get started whenever the super seniors, Lindsay and Jana, with a couple of big two-out hits there to get things going. And when was that, the uh, fourth inning? Yeah, um, we needed that because this was starting to get a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> so I am, the one thing that I got to just always remember is to trust these guys. They, they know what they're doing, and there's never a reason to panic. And if someone scores first on us, the one thing uh, we talked about, uh, Kansas scored in the sixth, and, and the attitude in the circle was uh, answer that for our pitching staff. They've been awesome all season, so we're going to answer, and we come out with two runs on that. So... I like our response. I like what, what we're doing, where we're going right now. Next weekend is a big one. Home Run Village, we need, we need the place to be rocking. Oh, man, I'm going to tell you, the fans will make the difference, and we will respond to the energy of the crowd 100%. So come on out. Go get him, Coach. Thank you. That's Patty Gasso from our post-game conversation on the field Sunday. I... You know, the final score is this week, and I'm going to try to do this off the top of my head. Seven zip, 19 zip, and nine to one. It's domination. And there was a point, Saturday's game, where I had a friend that texted me. It was like four zip. And they texted me, need a rally. And I thought to myself, Oklahoma's playing really well today. And they're hitting the ball hard. But the other team I mean Kansas dude I'm I'm not even trying to build up something that's not there or make you feel better about something Kansas was straight up balling defensively I've never seen an opposing team even in the World Series make as many plays as they did all weekend I mean now Friday Friday, their third baseman struggled a bit. She had one go through the wickets and one go off her glove down the third baseline. It shows you how incredible their defense was in that I can remember the two mistakes they made. And they had their left fielder cannot throw the, cannot throw the ball. She just can't. She should not be in left field. Uh, she should be at first base. She can't throw. Uh, but beyond that, dude, their shortstop made about five diving plays. The third baseman they used on Saturday and Sunday made every play. They had a girl that came in at second that made every single play. So sometimes you just stop and you tip your cap. They have – we talked about – did we talk about the software that Oklahoma uses on Friday? I think we did. I don't remember that was on the air on the the telecast. Anyway – by the by, the flight scope is what it's called that they use. I was talking to JT and Coach Rocha after the game on Friday, and we're just sitting down having dinner. And JT said, we had 16 hard-hit balls, like 16 balls that were considered, I mean, rocked. And of those 16, I think, I think 11 of them were outs. I, I, I may be off a bit, JT. You can text me and correct me if I'm wrong. But it was wild. I mean, they were scorching the ball all weekend long. So, again, the breaking news today, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 
uh, for Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, and they have shifted the Thursday game from 8 p.m. to 7 p.m. Um, I was not a big fan of the 8 o'clock start to begin with, so much joy for your boy in seeing that game moved up to 7 p.m. just a bit. Uh, it's it's big weekend, Josh. Big 12 championships on the line. Uh, Oklahoma State's coming off a couple of tough losses to Florida State after sweeping Texas. There's questions about Miranda Ellish and her health, though somehow she was in the starting lineup this weekend after what some have said was a, um, I don't know if it was like a tendon tear. Some felt like that she had uh, injured her bicep. I don't know if she's going to pitch, but it looks like she's still trying to hit. She didn't look good swinging the bat this weekend, but Kenny Gajewski's done some different things with his lineup. You know, some of the players that had been stars for them last year, they're not playing a lot. Um, they've really ridden Maxwell quite a bit this season. So I think we're in for a doozy on Thursday and Friday. I think Oklahoma's going to beat them 20-zip on Saturday. But that's, you know, Thursday and Friday I think are going to be fun for Oklahoma fans. And I want to remind you, if you don't have a ticket, still come out because Home Run Village is going to be awesome. All, all the rain and the severe weather is coming in Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So everything is 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 pushed uh, up this weekend weather-wise. So we, we should be good on Thursday. But if you can't, I have family that's coming in this week. My mom's coming in town this weekend. They're not going to the games on Friday or Saturday. Well, hey, because I couldn't get them tickets. Or, I'm sorry, they're not going to the games Thursday or Saturday. But they are going to go out to Home Run Village because it's an awesome atmosphere around the game. So I hope everyone will get out and support it. Did you get to immerse yourself, Josh, much in the OU Kansas series this weekend? The OU Kansas scrimmage this weekend? <laughs> they need a rally. They're only up four zip, man. Need a rally. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, obviously exactly what you were looking for. And now we head into the series that kind of everybody's been waiting on, which is which is Bedlam to decide a Big 12 championship. I would expect uh, Oklahoma is is ready to roll for this thing. I'm pumped. ESPN is doing the full meal deal broadcast-wise. Um, Beth Moens, Michelle Smith. Why did I just forget the third member of the crew? Uh, Mendoza is going to be here, and Holly. So they're going to have tons, tons of coverage on ESPN. And I think it's a big deal. I think it's a big deal that they're doing it on ESPN on on Thursday night. Uh, the schedule broke with the NBA. So they've got an opportunity to to do these games on the biggest network for sports. And I, I hope as we – soldier through the latter part of the season i hope in the postseason they consider doing more games on abc like they did last year too that was really cool anything else i'm leaving out from the weekend top five stories of the day uh we'll hear from Lindsay elam as OU softball checks in but yeah fun fun weekend in lawrence couldn't help but ask toby seemed to disagree with me do you think that was my final trip to Lawrence with OU softball, you know, barring me dying um, or getting fired, which is possible too, I guess. But just in general, let me make it different. 
Is that OU softball's last trip to Lawrence as a member of the Big 12? Yes. They'll come to – good chance they'll come to Norman next year, but there won't be a trip back up in 24. I think so, too. All right, it is 1047. The other big story in softball is one that um, is a little bit concerning because Texas Tech has made a coaching change for the second time in three years. Sammy Ward and her entire coaching staff have been relieved of their duties. Their director of operations will take over as the head coach, Brooke Reed. Um, This has nothing to do with their on-the-field record. This has everything to do with how they're treating their student-athletes. Period. And that's apparently been a problem in Lubbock. So, I don't know what kind of chance that Brooke Reed has. Everyone's going to the Big 12 tournament. Did you know that? All seven teams are going this year. They're not doing pool play anymore. It's bracket play. First seed overall gets a bye until Friday. But Texas Tech has fired its entire coaching staff for softball, and their director of operations is the new head coach. Wild story developing out of Lubbock this morning. All right, speaking of wild, let's talk Longhorns next. By the way, if you haven't uh, checked out our social media feed, um, at KREF Sports, that's at KREF Sports, I encourage you to do so today. Our man Tyler McComas has put up a fantastic Twitter question. Over 125,000 people showed up for the Garth Brooks concert at Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge this weekend. Did you see the pictures of it, Josh? Yeah, it looked awesome. (laughs) I was watching a live feed of it on Saturday night. (laughs) Somebody was live streaming it. I don't know how it ended up in my Facebook feed, but pirating stream. Yeah, there's a pirated stream of it. He asks if you could choose any performer or band. To perform at Owen Field, who would you pick? At KREF Sports, go check it out. Dead or alive? Ooh, good question. I went with Ace of Base. Um, I would love to see them inside Owen Field. Do you think that we would even fill up the South Stands if Ace of Base did a concert at uh, at uh, at Owen Field? Are you kidding me? You thought the spring game crowd was impressive. Just wait. (laughs) Ace of Base coming to Norman. I have a question for you, Josh Helmer. Followed the draft this weekend. You notice that one team had zero players picked. Not a player, zero. So here's my question. I went back and looked at these things called recruiting rankings. Maybe you're familiar with them. Um, By my count, if you go backwards, so 21 would have been – 21 class, uh, 20 class, and then we're talking about the 19 and 18 class here, right, essentially, of players that are draft eligible, 18 and 19. Texas was three in both of those years in recruiting rankings. Three. And to give you an idea, and I went with 24-7 sports, by the way. So, no, they not near five. I don't know. I just – I went with the one that Google showed me, Okay. Um, Georgia was one, Ohio State was two, Texas was three. Alabama was one, Georgia was two, Texas was three. How how do you go from having the 
third-ranked recruiting class to not having a single one of those guys drafted, Josh. Not a one. And I'm yelling at a golf course right now. Not, not the best look I've ever had. But not only not a single one of them has been drafted, but not even a single one of them that transferred or moved on somewhere else. How in the world could you be this big of a failure in talent development that you have the third over? And again, there's some guys in that class uh, from three years ago that maybe have a chance to at least get drafted. But there ain't a first-round pick in there. And I know a lot of you are, are hanging your hat on, well, B. John Robinson is going to change it. Is he? Because Brees Hall was a damn good running back, and he didn't get taken until the second round. And I know B. John's a receiver out of the backfield, and he's got a great chance. But the focus on running backs is shifting. Josh, how in the world can you be that bad that you have the number three recruiting class in back-to-back years, and not only are you not competing for conference championships, but you're not even getting a damn dude drafted at all. At all! No, it's pathetic. It is uh, it is what it is. It's a massive failure in development. You're talking about the number three class in 18, again in 19, and then the number nine class in 2020. And if you – I mean, obviously, 2021, maybe you don't throw that in because those guys aren't draftable. But right. it's – it's pathetic. And you know what I thought it was more than anything? Just comparing Texas and Oklahoma here. There were a couple of guys for Oklahoma that, well, at least one. DeLaren Turnigel, you said it earlier in the show. Yeah. I agree with you. I didn't know if he was going to get drafted. So I thought NFL teams gave us a clear sign here. We don't trust the development that's going on in Austin, but we're pretty damn impressed with what the development has looked like in Norman, Oklahoma. We're going to take a chance on the Oklahoma kid. We're not on the Texas kid. Quick break. We're back with the top five stories of the day. He's Josh Elmer. I'm Chris Plank. We're live from the Norman Board of Realtors annual golf tournament at the Trails with the Plank Show.